you know, you, you get that thought of doubt in your mind as in, hmm, is this the right decision? But as soon as we hit the road, we just felt so free and it was the best decision. We did not realise that we would love van life as much as we do. Welcome to the Family Travel Podcast by A Big Peachy Adventure, where we help families plan their adventures, whether it's for a week, indefinite or anywhere in between. No matter what your budget, we bring you hints and tips from the experts, inspirational stories of families who are living their dreams, as well as must-see highlights from places that we and our guests visit. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Family Travel Podcast. You're joined by Michael and Natalie from A Big Peachy Adventure. And we are speaking to you from Darwin, where we are staying at the Free Spirit, a very popular place amongst the travelling families and a place that we've loved. We've come here after our trip down to the Red Centre, where we had a really enjoyable week full of long driving days, but it was worth it because we got to go to Uluru and we also got to go to Kings Canyon, two places we've been very excited about. If you are on our Facebook page, check out the link to the articles we've published. They've been very popular and they include lots of hints and tips that can help you plan your trip to Uluru. So if you've been following along on Facebook as well, you may see that we've got a bit of a challenge. Yes, yeah, so a while back, uh, Natalie and I were looking at starting, you know, one of the 12-week body challenges or something along those lines. But what we found is that although these challenges are a great way to kickstart improvements in health and fitness, etc., most of them aren't suitable if you're traveling. They involve workouts that require a lot of gym equipment, there's diets that need special ingredients, uh, you need a commercial kitchen to prepare the meals. So starting next week, we've got the nine-week Travelers Health and Fitness Challenge. Uh, So if you're interested, uh, yes, it's completely free. Jump onto our Facebook page, A Big Peachy Adventure. Uh, Check it out. Not only will we be having exercises and workouts, uh, but also hints and tips about, you know, forming sustainable habits and also ways you can integrate exercise into your everyday life. Yes, I'm both dreading the challenge and also looking forward to getting um, stuck into the workouts and also introducing some healthy habits into our traveling lifestyle. Anyway, on to today's episode of the podcast and we're um, happy to have on the show Ebony uh, from Zali's Big Lap. So something that we get asked about a lot, and I know that Ebony does as well, is uh, what it's like to travel with small kids and any hints and tips on doing the big lap with small children. So Ebony dives deep into this and and discusses all things toddlers on the road. She talks about some of the best things that uh, she recommends that uh, travellers take with them and some of the fears they had before they started the big lap and whether or not eight or so months in, whether these fears have been realised. The other thing um, that Ebony chats about, which is really interesting, is their quest to find a new home. So as they go into each town, they're checking the town out and looking at it from um, not only a tourist perspective, but trying to figure out whether it's somewhere that they actually want to settle down at the end of their lap. So anyway, here we are with Ebony from Zali's Big Lap. We hope you all enjoy. Welcome Ebony from Zali's Big Lap to the Family Travel Podcast. Hello and thank you for having us. Or me. (laughs) We're so excited to have you on. Um, Our paths have almost crossed now twice. Well, they pretty much have crossed um, and we're yet to meet, but I feel like we've got a, a bit of a bond going on. We've uh, been traveling about the same time, 
travelling with young kids and um, travelling about pretty much the same route but just in reverse. Yeah, online connection. That's right. So I guess one of the things that's always of interest to anyone who bumps into a travelling family is how you end up on the road and in a caravan doing a lap of Australia for 12 months or however long it is. So can you tell us your story? Tell us how you ended up doing what you're doing. Yeah. Well, it came about probably this time last year or a bit earlier. I was sitting and I was watching a documentary. I was on Sun Sunrise, one of those morning shows, and there was a travel family. And I kind of thought, that's pretty cool. I was we had Madden, she'd just turned two and I was pregnant with Emery. And then I said to Michelle, why don't, why don't we do that? And he kind of just laughed and, and brushed it off. And I thought, hmm, okay. We had, we had the house on the market anyway and we were wanting to upgrade. And then he kind of come back and said, oh, well, were you being serious about that? And I said, yeah, I was. So we, we went overseas with the girls, My, Michael, he's German. So we flew overseas and we thought if we can manage six weeks in a different country with the two girls, we can manage Australia. Um, so we come back and we had an offer on the house and it all just kind of aligned. It was a quick 30 day settlement. We had never, we hadn't owned a caravan before. We hadn't towed anything. Our vehicle that we had wasn't a tow vehicle. So we sold everything up. We purchased a car and a van, not thinking too much into it. And, um, yeah, three months later we were on the road and here we are eight months into our trip around Australia. Amazing. And, um, I guess with the long flights as well, if you can handle a long haul flight with little kids traveling around Australia, be a breeze. Yeah. As you know, it's not always pleasant flying with kids, especially when you've got time differences and things like that. It, yeah, definitely. It, it puts a challenge on it. Yeah. And um, how old are your, your girls now? Madden is, she was three in July and Emery, she's 20 months. So she, yeah, she's a bit over one and a half. Yeah. So she would have been very little when you guys took off. Yeah. Just after her first birthday, yeah, we hanged around for Christmas and her birthday and then we, we head off. So you jumped into buying a caravan and a car. What are you um, travelling in? We've got a Pajero, which is Pajero. It's a 2009 model, and we've got the Jayco Expander. It's the one without the ensuite. We've got the queen, the double, and bunk beds. So, yeah, it's a nice little setup. One of the debates that always seems to be up on the Facebook groups is whether or not you need the ensuite or not. Now, we're like a battery hen that's never been let out of its cage, so we don't know any different. We've always had an ensuite. How's it without one? Fine. Completely fine. But as just like you guys, we don't know any different. So we just kind of make do with what we've got. We've got an outdoor shower. Michael and myself were not exactly small, so I couldn't really imagine anything worse being in a caravan ensuite with the young ones showering. They're not enough to shower by themselves. So they're just happy with their bucket baths. And when we are free camping, we have yeah, the outdoor shower or most places now do have showers. And as you know, camping and traveling on the road, if you have a have a swim or or something like that, that that counts as a as a shower too, doesn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And I don't know. I thought it was awesome tonight when they had a bath in the caravan here, and there was just mud all over the floor and water all over the toilet. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I thought it was completely fine. <laughs> it was something extra to clean. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so we have our days where we think, yeah, it would be lovely having an ensuite, but uh, we don't know any different, and we just make do with what we've got. Mm, and speaking of en-suites, um, how have you gone with like things like toilet training, which is all part of the fun of having like three-year-olds? Yeah, n- really good. We do. We've got a portaloo that's in the hallway and we, we um, purchased that Madden uh, toilet train to herself before we had left and we didn't want her to go backwards. Obviously, when we're out and about, she uses the caravans or if we're in you know, public places, but we mainly got it just for overnight time so we're not running out, you know, if it's cold and she's mm. having to squat or pull it to, you know, hundred meters down the road. So we do have a portaloo, especially if we want to be 
um, free camping or low cost. A lot, lot of places would like you to be self-contained. So we do have that for that purpose. Um, so, yeah, that, that does make it easier. Now, one of the great things about how you've done it is that you've had the benefit of raising a little one um, and having them from, say, one to three at home. And now you've had eight months on the road with a one-year-old. How does it compare trying to bring up a toddler on the road compared to at home? Um, I don't know if it's more full on because we've got the two of them, whereas, you know, being back home when I just had Matt and it was just the one, so she had my my time. But yeah, with Emery, when we left, she had just started walking. So she was into everything and everybody else's caravan. She didn't understand. No, it, it was really, really full on. It's, it is getting easier now that she's getting older and she's a bit more independent. Um, but when we did first leave, she was just dependent on us. She couldn't do anything by herself. Um, and she didn't understand what she could and couldn't do. Michael and I both looking at each other here and grinning because Eddie's just starting to take his first steps and every single cupboard in our caravan has been torn open, things all over the floor. He's constantly making a beeline to throw himself out the caravan door, <laughs> throw himself off bed. And then when they are at that caravan, they, they don't have that sense of danger. The, you know, the cars that zoom through the caravan parks at 20Ks, although it's only an 8K, or the water around the corner or, you know, the, the hot barbecue that, you know, you've got to be watching so they don't put their fingers in there. There's just so many dangers around that you don't really realise until you're actually on the road and you've got no fenced in spaces, you've got no, but like, it's, yeah, you've, you've got to have your eyes on them. And so going through all of that, if anyone's listening and they've got a, you know, one-year-old and they're contemplating travel or they're about to start travel, what would be your top three to five tips that you'd uh, recommend for someone to learn from your experiences? Probably take a whole lot of coffee, as much coffee as you can. Make sure you've got a really good coffee machine with some fresh beans. No, for the kids, one of our lifesavers has been the baby carrier. When we left, Emery's a real mummy's girl. So wherever I am, she has to be. And sometimes it's just really full on and I don't have the time to follow her around everywhere or nurture what who needs. So we, I put her in the baby carrier and that's been fantastic. We got one that fits both myself and Michael. So we use that for walks or even those clingy moments where she just wants mum to put her in. We can put her in the front or on the back and she's happy to just gaze around and, and look around what's going on. So that's probably our number one tip would be make sure you've got a good carrier, make sure it's comfy and make sure it fits both if you're travelling with somebody else, not just you, so you're not the only one dependent on wearing it. I'm a big fan of baby carriers. I mean, I've used ours quite a bit, carrying the kids around everywhere. We've tried a number of different makes and models and styles and so forth. Have you gone through the same thing or you just bought one that seemed to fit and work or what would be your recommendations in terms of good ones? Yeah, Madam, we had a um, Ergo baby, but it was just front facing. So when we left, we really liked the Ergo baby because they do fit, like we're not um, a petite build. So they fit the both of us, which works really well and you can adjust the strap. So it doesn't matter if Mike is wearing it or myself. And so when we left, we decided to get the 360 so it can be front sidewards and back and that that's just worked well for us I'm, I wasn't a huge fan of the baby carrier with Madden but then again I was at home and it was just the one child I had yeah. both hands free it all changes once uh, you go from one to two <laughs> and then two to three again oh doesn't it ever <laughs> yeah we're also fans of the baby carriers we've got the lily babe which also does the same at um forward facing rear facing on the back and uh, we love it it's been very good yeah but as you said it is hard to find one that suits you so i would definitely recommend to try a few out do a few walks not just a quick try on oh yeah that fits well because it's but if you're doing a 6k walk and 
your baby carrier is not on right, then, yeah, you'll be paying for it the next few mm. days. We've even found that we've pulled ours back out again with um, Elliot, who's four, and he's been having some issues with a longer walk. So um, yeah. we've been – more Michael's been carrying him at probably getting close to 20 kilos. So I've been carrying him on the back. So it's – yeah, they are. They're a godsend. Um, so we've got the baby carrier. And what, what other things do you recommend or any other tips? Another one of our favourites is we have a double pram. It's the Steelcraft Compact. So it's got the seat up the top and a little seat down the bottom. We contemplated not bringing it because it is quite bulky and, and heavy, but it's been the best thing that we've brought with us. Madden still fits. Madden's quite big for her age, so she still fits in the top comfortably and Emery, Emery down the bottom, which makes it easy if we're out and about. Emery can just have her sleep in the pram. We don't have to worry about being back for nap times, which it makes it hard. You've got all this stuff to see, and if we were to be at the van for every nap time, we wouldn't we wouldn't see anything. Mm. So definitely pram, um, and even with Madden now being three, she's a really good walker, but if she's not in the mood to walk, then we can chuck her in a pram and she have her downtime and a snack and, you know, what a three-year life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think I saw you also had a, a, a playpen for outdoors. Yes, yeah, we actually sold it in Darwin when we were there because we no longer needed it anymore. Although girls were sad to see it go. They're like, Mum, Mum, keep it. We want it. But that was really good, especially when we went down to the beach. Emery wasn't a major fan of the sand, so we'd put her in it and she wouldn't even know she was on it and she was locked in. It had a sunshade and we'd usually put Madden in with her, a few snacks and a few toys, and we could go down and you know have a fish and not have to worry about both eyes on the girls all the time. So, yeah, that was really handy. It folded up to be like a, a foldable chair. It was really lightweight. Um, so we did use that quite a bit in South Australia and Western Australia um, while we were travelling. But, yeah, we've recently just sold it because the girls have outgrown it. I wish I'd known that because by the sound of things, we would have paid double. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and we were Darwin at the same time, so that could have worked well. Yeah. So what type of um, playpen was that one? Was that one for a dog or was it uh, toddler-specific? It, a toddler den, we got it secondhand from Marketplace, like your buy, swap, sell, before we left. And that's just, yeah, where I sold it again as well. So That's a good point as well. If anyone hasn't got onto the Marketplace and you're, you're travelling, it's um, we've used it throughout our whole travels, picking up things and then selling them again or just giving them away as we've gone because they use things for such a short amount of time. And also when you're travelling, sometimes things just don't work. Like we bought a little booster seat for Eddie which I think we used once or twice and saw he would throw himself back in it. So we sold it for pretty much the same as what we bought it for. Yeah, there's lots of things out there. You think, oh, this would be handy, that would be handy, we'll get that. And then you each child's different and what works for one doesn't work for the other and yeah, it doesn't get used, it just takes up space. Which yeah. Is yeah, precious in a caravan. Very precious. So before you left, did you have any concerns about travelling with little children that perhaps once you have been travelling ends up being something that you realise you didn't have to worry about at all? Yeah, we, we did. Before uh, Emery, our youngest, she has a few allergies. So she's got nut, dairy and egg allergies. And when we got her tested before, we, we didn't think it was quite as severe as what it was, but we went and got her tested in Melbourne before we left and she was given um, some antihistamines and an EpiPen just, just to be safe. And that was a major concern for us, how we would go, especially being in the remote places and her being so young, if something was to happen, what what would we do? So we, we we didn't find it to be too bad at all. We found actually being in WA and all those remote places with their IGAs, the places that don't have a Woolworths or a Coles, they actually stock more of the um, allergy stuff than what, what the big cities do. And we've also found that 
every town, doesn't matter how remote, they, they have a hospital or they've got doctors or doctors on call. So we just check our wiki camps, check where our camp is and make ourselves a note of where the hospital is or what the numbers are for an emergency if something wants to happen. Um, so we're just kind of always thinking and being on the ball. So that was one of our main concerns. We thought, oh, should we or shouldn't we still do this trip? Um, and I'm so glad we did because we haven't had any issues and those remote hospitals, they're, they're fantastic. Excellent. Now, I understand that you guys have sold your home and you're doing your lap. How long are you on the road for? And also, I hear you're using this as an opportunity to search for a new home? Yeah, that's actually a good question because we left in February. Um, so we've been on the road for eight months and we've just we've just extended. We will be flying home for Christmas, well, what was home for Christmas, and then we'll be heading back up East Coast and I think we might keep going until May or June. So we've added another three to four months onto it because we just don't have have enough time. We are we, we did sell everything up, that's correct. We're wanting to relocate East Coast. We're not 100% sure we'd like to relocate. So that's another reason why we did extend because we don't want to rush anything. We want to take our time to really explore job opportunities, family-friendly towns. Uh, and things like that on the east coast yeah and you've only just hit the east coast as well haven't you so just yet yeah. so we're landed in townsville three weeks ago and we're 50 k's from townsville so we, we haven't got far yeah and so townsville how did you find townsville so if a family was visiting there what would you recommend to be the things that they must do they have a fantastic rock pool down on the strand and they do have a aqua splash park they've also got lots of playgrounds just along the esplanade with coffee shops fish and chip shops it's just kids galore and it's all free of charge there's castle hill which is a really nice lookout we decided to walk it with the girls which was so if you're after a really good free workout then park down the bottom of the hill and walk up it it's i think a bit over two k's of just climbing up but the views are absolutely fantastic there's also Magnetic Island, or well, we did it pre-kids, but this time around we, we, it was quite windy when we were there. So we're planning on doing it in December when we fly back back home because we're flying from Townsville. But yeah, in, in general, it's just fantastic. It's got all, everything that you need, especially coming from the outback. It was nice to just see shops, restaurants, people, mm. pumps, green grass, water. It, it just had that really nice flair to it. Yeah, so different to what you would have experienced over on the West Coast with uh, such a long distance between all the towns. Definitely. So I'm still pretty intrigued by the whole selling your house, going on a lap of Australia, I understand that, but it's a huge step to then say we're also going to use this as an opportunity to find a new home. Tell me how you came to doing that. Well, my I met Michael in Germany, so I was living in Germany for eight years. We had come back to Australia and we got married here and we travelled the East Coast down and then Mickey wasn't, my husband wasn't quite ready to move over permanently. So after we got married, we moved back to Germany. Um, and I was pretty much just waiting for him to say, okay, he's ready before we had children and settled down. And so when, when he, we were living in Germany and when he said that he was ready to come over, obviously we just came back to our hometown. It wasn't because we loved it. It was just because friends and family and that support we thought if we were to have, it, it was a, an affordable place to live it, it gets quite cold down in Gippsland and we've just come from Germany which was freezing so as soon as we hit Gippsland we're like oh this is fantastic we're never going to whinge about the cold we don't have to wear beanies or gloves and then yeah we, we bought a property and five years later we just said this is too cold we're not really 
you know, let's move east coast. So it was kind of easy for us. Mickey's family and friends aren't here. So it was pretty much just my family and support group that we were leaving. However, we were living overseas for such a long time. We didn't have that anyway. So it it wasn't too much of a decision for us to say, okay, let's sell up. And, and we sold everything that we have apart from a lawnmower, I think, and microwave that we have at Mom's. But we, yeah, when we moved back to Australia five years ago, we had two suitcases. Wow. And what better way to choose a new place to live and one that you like than see all of them and make the most informed decision out of anyone as to where you're going to live? That sounds sensational. Yeah. We're looking forward to what the East Coast has to offer. Lovely. Um, so with your travel so far, are there any highlights that um, have really stood out that, I don't know, you pinch yourself moments that you think everyone should get to that part of Australia and see? Yeah, there's quite a lot. And I even when we got to Darwin, I kept on yucking in Mickey's ear, let's turn around and do the West again. We don't, we're not on a time frame. We don't have to do East Coast. Let's go back. Let's go back. But he wasn't, he wasn't keen on it. We loved the Ningaloo Reef area from, I think it was Denham, like Monkey Mia, all the way up to Exmouth and then Karajini. That was a fantastic area for us that we um, thoroughly enjoyed. Um, we had a blast down at Lucky Bay, which is the national park out of Esperance. We spent a week there over over Easter, which was beautiful, the blue water, the white sand, the hard sand that you could actually ride a bike on, push your pram, drive your car on without letting your tyres down, kangaroos. It was it was sensational. So that was fantastic. They're probably two of two of my highlights. I know Mickey he would say he went up to the Flinders Ranges and that was a big highlight for him. And another big highlight for him was Karajini. Or the heights, yeah. And because you're doing this lap of Australia to see Australia and experience all of those things, but you're also looking for a house or looking for a place to get a new house, when you're going to these locations, are you rating them, you know, for the tourist experience as well as their livability? And and if that's the case, where would you say has been the most livable location so far? Yeah, definitely. We're always every time we stop at a town. We're looking at, okay, jobs, what's on offer? And then we check out the houses. Okay, so what are they charging? Is it even affordable to live here compared to the wages? We loved Albany in Western Australia, and that was quite affordable. There was lots to offer for the kids. So that was one place where we thought, oh, yeah, we could live here. It just makes it, we're just wanting to go somewhere a bit warmer. So it kind of defeats the purpose because they still cop a lot of wind and it's just as cold as Victoria in those winter months. And then there's another thing that we've got to keep in mind in with Micha his family and friends are still in Germany. So we try to fly over there once a year or every 18 months and it's it's pricey. So if we were to then base ourselves in WA, we've got flights that will cost us to get to, to Europe and then we'll have flights back to Melbourne. We just wouldn't be able to get ahead in life. So that's why we've said let's go east coast. So we, when we were west coast in South Australia, we weren't looking too much into it. Um, we were just slightly and Albany was definitely a point where you could leave affordable and that there is jobs. But yeah, apart from that, not much. It's it's very remote over there. Nikia came from a, a city kind of town and I mean our town's not big, but yeah, I like having neighbours and I like having being able to drive to a town that's only twenty minutes away. Mm. Well, I guess another good lead on question from that then would be when you're living down in Gippsland and you had this house and sounds like it may not have been the best environment, you know, it's not too far from Melbourne, but it's cold, you can get back to Germany easily. Once you hit the road and you're in the caravan, how did it feel in terms of opening up more doors and giving you more options? So good. Yeah, 
those leading up days or even weeks before we thought, you know, is this the right thing? We've just worked our butts off for the last five years and before we've had kids to pay off our mortgage as much as we could to try and get ahead in, in life. And now we've just sold it up. We're going to blow some of that money on on a trip around Australia. Is this the right thing to do? We're taking the kids away from a safe environment, away from their grandparents and their aunties and uncles. And, you know, you, you get that thought of doubt in your mind as in, hmm, is this the right decision? But as soon as we hit the road, we just felt so free and it was the best decision. We did not realise that we would love van life as much as we do. And so, you know, you're like us. We rented our house out when we decided to do a lap. And then because we didn't quite hit the pace we were planning on, um, we had a short-term rental and we advised the property manager, look, we're not going to be back when we planned. Tell the tenants they can stay there. And when we get back to South Australia, we're now going to have to sort out something else. So we're essentially of no fixed address at the moment. So, yep. <laughs> and, and because as soon as we sent that email, it completely changed my view of our caravan. It came from yep. being a holiday vehicle to wow, this is actually our house now. Yeah. Knowing that, what were some of the key things that, or the bits and pieces and the items that you've got in your caravan that have made it feel like home? Well, it just makes it feel like home, I think, because we've got two young kids and everywhere we step there's Duplo or there's teddy bears or there's, I think that's just what makes it home. We didn't take any sentimentals and the girls have a teddy bear each, that's about it. But apart from that, we don't have photos um, hanging up on like it, it is just home, I think, because we're in it. Mm, and and you said you did uh, rush out and buy the caravan and the car without knowing much. How happy have you been with your Jayco? We love it. Occasionally we do think, oh, would it be nice to have something a bit bigger and something with an ensuite? However, then you got to, th- you know, it's extra water, it's extra cleaning, it's extra towing that you've got to consider and the expanders there. We haven't had any issues with it. We just love the fact that the inside of it is all living space because the beds are fold out. There's just so much room to actually to to live in. Yeah. Spoken like a true caravaner. <laughs> yeah, we're su- super happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. And was there anything that you brought along with you that after a while you thought, you know what, well, we're not using that and you've gotten rid of it, you've stored it, you've sold it, you've given it away along the way? Yeah. We have, we have actually now, well, we're actually using them now because we're staying put and we use them in Darwin because we're there for about four weeks. We've got these fold-up out chairs that are like lounge chairs. I have seen those. I was. <laughs> they are so good, but we don't get to use them because the girls don't stay still. So if we had a known, they're too good to throw away. And as like now we do use them and I'm hoping East Coast that we slow down, that we will get to use them more and that the girls are getting a little bit older, that we'll get a bit of breathing time to use them. But that's probably we didn't really need to bring them. They've been on our roof rack pretty much the whole time. So that's one thing that we've got. Apart from that, not too much. We brought a lot of stuff for the girls because, you know, we did sell up and it was just Christmas and it was their birthday. So I didn't want to throw out everything that they had. So we've taken quite a lot of their stuff. But as they've outgrown it, like the playpen, we've just sold it. So, yeah, if they're outgrowing something, we just chuck it on the marketplace at the next town and it sells usually pretty quick as kids stuff do. Um, and then obviously with that money, we just purchase them something new to play with that's more suitable for their age. Yeah. So if you were to have a billboard put up in somewhere in Australia with advice for people, perhaps with young children that are about they're thinking about hitting the road, but uh, perhaps having young children is um, making them rethink it all, what would your billboard say? 
the billboard would say, get out and do it. Life is too short. Yeah, I don't know. I think it would, yeah, pretty much just say there's there's no right time to do it. Young kids are full on, but so are old kids. Like kids are kids. And they're going to be full on whether you're at home or you're in home with wheels on it. That's exactly it. They have their good days and they have their bad days, but I'd much prefer have my bad days here at the beach with my husband by a side than at home in a lounge room. Absolutely. With eight degrees the heater on and all, all by myself. Yeah. Yeah, I've had that time, that thought many times on the road <laughs> this last year. Yeah. And and that's the thing I think that you've got to remember that kids are kids and you see all these Instagram photos and these Facebook photos, you think, oh, they are living the dream, but they, they still have their moments and we all still have our moments. We are human. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the photo may look good, but uh, the parents may not have had a wink of sleep the night before from a teething baby. <laughs> so we've been, we've yeah, been the there. night before or, or, or eight months before. Or eight yeah. months before, is that too? Yeah. Um, so up next, you're traveling the East Coast. You're searching for a new home. Have you got any other, anything else exciting to tell us? We have now just decided, well, not now, but uh, probably a month or so ago that we would yeah, fly home for Christmas. We would um, spend three or four weeks with family, come back up East Coast, travel down until about May, June, and then we're going to head back overseas for three months. Um, take the kids over there to see their grandparents and their friends and the, the children, the, both the girls, they are bilingual. So we're hoping that them actually having to live and speak it might help them pick it up a bit quicker. Wonderful. And your adventures are a little bit different than everyone else's who's traveling around Australia, just just doing lap, you know, not just doing lap, but you know what I mean? Um, yep. So how can our listeners follow you and what you're doing? How can they find you? We are on Instagram. And we're on Facebook just under Zali's Big Lap. Um, we have recently opened up a blog that doesn't really get much action at the moment, but we do have um, a website, which is just www.zalisbiglap.com, nice and simple. So, yeah, if anyone wanted to check out what we've been up to and what we've got planned or any questions that they've got or concerned about traveling with kids, feel free to shoot us a message. We do get quite a, quite a few messages from families with young kids asking how we survive and if they've got any tips. So, yeah, don't be shy and ask for help if you need it. Wonderful. And we'll link to all of those things in the show notes as well. So, Ebony, just want to say thank you very much for your time. Um, Really great insights into Travelling Australia, looking for a home. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people get a lot out of the hints and tips with uh, Travelling with Small Kids as well. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for listening to A Big Peachy Adventure, Families Travelling Full-Time. What drives us is hearing of those we've inspired to simplify their life and take the first step towards their travelling goals. So please, if you get any value from what we're doing, the biggest reward we could ask is that you share this podcast with your travelling buddies. Don't forget to click subscribe and also please leave us a review. Five stars hopefully, but if not, that's okay. Please leave a comment and let us know what we can do better. If you'd like to connect with us personally or have any questions, You can find us on Facebook at A Big Peachy Adventure. See you on the road and happy travels.